Ben, I just called you Ben. I just was about to. Why did you call, call me Ben? You, Why did you well, call me Ben? Because this week's guest is Ben Simon, but you know he's not here. You're here. I'm really yeah, sh- yeah. upset and disturbed by the you fact were, that I had that instinct. Hmm. You were practicing. You were practicing for the show. That's a good thing. Preparation's good. How are you? Great. Great. Feeling good. Um, White Lotus loved it. Loved. We, we'll get in, we get into that a little bit in this episode with our guest. I, I will say I'm a latecomer to this episode, and I apologize. No, anyway. please. Uh, um, yeah, the first like three minutes is is Dave's Dave Holmesless, and um, mm. you'll feel it. You'll feel it. I mean, Ben had to do all of the um, heavy lifting, and he did it beautifully. Stop that. But um, stop it right um, now. What I was. Oh, but uh, are you watching All Stars? Drag Race um, Monsters? I'm not. You not gotta yet. get into no. it. I think people don't I even realize that you have to, you can now you have to watch this on Paramount Plus. Because we're used okay. to at VH1 and then we were watching uh UK on uh, Wow Plus Presents, you know, yep. Wow Presents Plus. So now you gotta jump over to Paramount Plus. Okay. It's a good They're season. In the field. It's a good season. World of Wonder. Okay, yeah, I've heard good things. I just, I just haven't done it. Um, I, right, honestly, I'm, I'm captivated by this season of The Bachelorette. I really am. Oh, it's, um, do tell. It's not. I mean, I'm not going to tell you it's good. It's not. Sure. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. In this last episode, Katie, The Bachelorette, very sex positive this season. As a matter of fact, when she showed up for her season of The Bachelor, she showed up fully with a dildo. And was just like, this is my dildo and whatever. So she's real sex positive. And one of the challenges this past week was uh, none of the none of the men can masturbate for a week. Oh, um, and and everyone's just openly talking about you know how hard it is to get through uh, you know a week of this experience without uh, bullying one out. And as some are we as our cameras watching them behind closed doors to make sure they don't. No, right. You no. know, there's no like night vision. I don't. I don't think anyone's like checking the the underpants or anything like that. But, um, but that was the challenge, which has to be a first for the franchise. Yeah, interesting. It's a bold new post Chris Harrison world on the Bachelorette. Um, she has eliminated nearly every guy I was attracted to. There are a couple hmm. left. Hmm. Um, but it's. I'm telling you, it's not bad. G- give it a whirl. Who is the um, new Chris Harrison, by the way? Um, right now, it is two former bachelorettes, uh, Tasha and Caitlin. Okay, I want to okay. say, um, yeah, and they're doing a good job. It's uh, it's a good old time. Uh, my my beloved grocery store Joe will be in Bachelor in Paradise this season, starting sometime. Oh, in I'm, I'm so delighted. happy for you. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. Um, my hot recommendation is musical this week. There's a Canadian band called Blinker the Star. Um, They've been around for a couple decades. Uh, They had a song called uh, Below the Sliding Doors in 99 that is a classic. But anyway, they just released an album called Arista. And it's a concept album um, where it's basically like it's one guy and the band is his sort of project. And his thing was this is a concept album where uh, a fictional Clive Davis signs me to Arista and makes me do an album the way that he did with like Whitney Houston and Carlos Santana but he picks the track list so it's like a covers album but picked by a fictional Clive Davis 
and there are there's a Madonna cover on it, there is a ZZ Top cover on it, there's Boz Skaggs, Solange, um, and uh, and a cover of It's All Right, Baby's Coming Back from the Eurythmics, which is my favorite Eurythmics song. Oh my God. Um, Blinker the Star, Arista, everybody, stream it. I'm going to get into it. Get into it right now. And let's this get into it. Yes. Ben Simon, uh, I mean, needs no introduction. A, a true friend of the show, and yet somehow yeah. has not been on the show yet. Um, but he he's just a, he's a, a precious human being. And um, you may know him from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He played, uh, I believe it was Grocery Clerk with Half an Eyelid was mm-hmm. his uh, star turn there. And uh, he's also a, a writer for DuckTales and Rocky and Bullwinkle and all kinds of stuff. And just a delightful human. So sweet and funny. Nice and funny. You right. don't get that real often. But he's sure very nice and very funny. We think you'll agree. Ben Simon. I like the real, the casual vibe of that we're just shooting the shit and people pop in, they pop out. I'm excited to see where Dave's hair is, like if he's gotten a haircut or if he has a giant beard, because I've heard it kind of evolve over time and I don't know what the update is. Yeah, he has. That'll be exciting. Been on a bit of a journey with long hair, facial hair, all of it. And and it, it's all good, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and you've had your chain journey like that's yes. I've been here for all of wow. it. I've, you just I've, don't miss a beat. I've listened for. I've listened for years. This is like, this is like when a, a kid that tried out for SNL is like on the show. And he's <laughs> that like, kid needs to dream it. way bigger. Because <laughs> uh, you could have come on anytime. This is uh, highly overdue, but I'm glad we're finally doing it. Um, what are you listening to? But besides homophilia, every week. What are your other uh, must hears? That's what I was worried you were going to start with the listening things because like out of all of the media I consume like I I once podcasts started becoming a thing like I I would mostly listen to music when I work out and then I found like a running or at the gym or whatever and I I found that I would start to mentally process how much time had passed when I was listening to songs I got to be like I listen to one song so that's like 3 mm-hmm. minutes that I've been running or something so I found if I listened to podcasts that I would just focus on the podcast so I I listened to podcast and i haven't bought like new music well nobody buys music anymore now, right it's like spotify but i've been listening to so many murder podcasts lately oh, like i just got me. into that that murder phase been listening to a lot of crime junkies and a lot of my favorite murder and uh just some dateline oh you're <laughs> really listening to a lot i didn't even know dateline had a podcast is it just dateline turned into audio or is it it's just it's just Dateline turned to audio, so sometimes they'll be like, just look at the picture of this thing, you know, and it's, like, not made for listening at all. But, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I just, I certainly am able to work out, uh, you know, at home listening to murder podcasts. I, I've got one for you, which is very close to home, because this murder took place very close to my childhood home, not to brag, but the podcast is called The Pike County Massacre, and oh my it goodness. is about the biggest murder case that ever happened in Ohio. And it was, I think, in 2016, a family of 
I want to say like nine people of all ages were murdered in their sleep at the exact same time on different properties. So it was like a very, very well orchestrated hit. And um, somebody had broken into all of their houses, found them in their beds and shot them point blank. And a couple of them, this is very dark. I'm sorry we're starting off on such a dark foot, but I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I was like, I'm listening to murder. I think, I, I think I've heard the story of this one, but Well, continue. okay, so the... I almost said the good part about it. It's not the good part about it, but that a couple <laughs> of the people had very small children. Uh, one, one woman had an infant sleeping in her bed, but they did not kill those babies, which, of course, is very disturbing for its own reasons, but... Um, Anyway, it is good Two, I think two years later, they finally found who did it allegedly. And it is another family of four. So it's almost this. I'm from like a very like basically where hillbilly elegy took place. And so there is kind of a Hatfield and McCoy storyline yeah. between these two families. I remember and, that one. Um, and. Now there's all this media coverage because the the trial is not happening yet, but all it's all the pre-trial, the pre-hearings and stuff. And the judge is uh, like an old family friend, my high school best friend's father. Whoa! So I'm hearing little sound clips from. So I feel close to the case, and it's a good podcast. You're super connected to that. I've heard I've heard that case before. I mean, this is a good thing. There's there there don't seem to be that many murders in America that are like super violent, and so. <laughs> All the murder podcasts kind of eventually cover the same murders, and so then you're listening to two other best female friends that are talking about a murder, and you're like, oh, this sounds similar to the other female friends murder podcasts (laughs) that I've heard before. I haven't heard My Perfect Murder in a long time. My Perfect Murder? My Favorite Murder. My Favorite Murder. I'm sure My Perfect Murder is also a podcast, but I want. do you know if they have talked about the Pike County Massacre? Oh, I think they have to have. I mean, they, they have to. That's have. such a big one. No. Anyway, you, you, you're, I'm not expecting you to know every <laughs> single episode. It's such a weird world because they, yes, there aren't that many murders, and they're all kind of like they all like listen to each other's podcasts, but they seem like they're all a little competitive with one another, and so you know they'll be like, my sources for this podcast on this murder was this other podcast. Right. <laughs> it's just like this, like what is it called? Like a snake yes, eating yes, its yes, tail. Yes. Like it's just like. All these people talking about murders, but um, I I don't know why I I know that that's a thing that especially it's maybe a cliche that like single women love to drink a glass of wine and watch a bunch of Dateline and I'm I'm that's where I am right now as I've been listening except that I'm doing like crunches while while I'm uh, hearing about a murder instead of drinking the white wine. Um, but um, that's why a lot of murder podcasts. That's not, like I don't know. Is that one of the weirder answers for what people are listening no, to? Surpri- it's surprisingly like we have not talked about murder that much on this show. So it's a it's a real breath of fresh air that you finally <laughs> given us an opportunity to do that. It's always funny because they'll like you know during Black History Month or Gay Pride they'll be like for Gay Pride we're going to talk about all these gay people that are murdered. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of like. It's kind of like that's not how I want to celebrate no. Pride. Like, <laughs> just maybe tell tell about the gay people that didn't get murdered, uh, that maybe escaped, yeah. like, <laughs> and they were proud about that. But it, it's very funny. It, it's funny to me that you're so into murder because you are such a positive. Per- you're like a ray of sunshine. It, it feels like such a contrast. Oh, wow, that's very nice. 
I don't know what it is. I guess it's one of those things, you know, sometimes you watch things and you're like, well, I feel better about my life now because I didn't get murdered. Sure. Like, uh, <laughs> so maybe it's that. Maybe it's that things could be worse, right? Um, and it's just so interesting to hear what people thought they could get away with. And I don't know. I don't want <laughs> to stop talking about murder. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it all day. I wrote down all these other things to talk about. All right, about. tell me what else you wrote down. I love that you came prepared. I tried to. Yeah, I know because pe- sometimes people are like, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to? And they'll be like, um. Yeah, that's me in the intro every uh, week. I don't know. But what about, should I jump to like TV yeah, things that I've been watching? Please, or? please. Man, You're doing a much better job of this eyes. than I am. No, that's not true. At least that dead weight Dave Holmes isn't oh, here to muck things up right <laughs> Uh, I, I, have you watched, uh, did you watch that first episode of the White Lotus yes. on HBO? I loved it. I loved it. I love Mike White and I'm so excited about him having another show, even if it's a limited series, because I'm, I'm sure you probably watched Enlightened. Did you ever yes, watch that? Loved Enlightened. So. Yes, it was, it was so good. And, uh, he's so quirky and weird and it's just so great that he has another show and I'm excited to see where it goes. Me too. And I just, I... I love that. I'm sure people have been talking about Hacks. Oh, yeah. Because that just ended a couple of weeks ago. I loved Hacks. Me too. Me too. That was amazing. It was great. I mean, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have anything new to say about it because I'm like all of the, <laughs> the murder podcast people just sort of parroting what other people have said. But, yeah, it's just so good. And um, the other thing that my husband and I have been watching is Dave on uh, FX. Have you been wa- Have you watched yes, that? Yes, you are the only person I know who, other than us, who is watching Dave. It's so good. It is a great show, and I think part of it is like, I mean, at least for living in LA, like I remember when it first came out, I drove around and there were big billboards of like him popping out of underwear on a billboard and being like a, a dick or a penis, mm-hmm. and I would see those billboards and I was like, I don't want to watch that no, show. thank you. <laughs> like, I think it was one of those advertising misfires where I was like, I hate, I hate this. Like, this seems like the broiest, douchiest show that I have ever seen and I don't want to watch it. And then my husband told me that he had heard it was good and I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And um, it's just such a great show. It's so surprising. Uh, how high quality it is, and I encourage everybody to check out Dave. I agree, and it's it's a tough sell because when you start describing it, you're like, "Well, it's about a white rapper," and people are already like, "I'm out," and I'm like, "I know, I know, I get it. I was that, I felt that way too. Like, no one wants that." But then it's it's kind of like a curb your enthusiasm, and people are like, "Again, I'm out. There's too many of those. I don't need it." So there's no. It's it's tough to describe. You sort of do have to just see it to get how good it is. It is so unique, yeah. and um, I, I, yeah, it is. It is a hard sell. I think having been on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and you've had some Crazy Ex Girlfriend alumni, I, uh, I think that that show also had a hard sell because people were like, "Oh, I don't want to watch a show about some crazy woman that's mad about being broken up with." You know, like it was, it was a harder sell. Like they had to get people in, and once you watched it, you were like, "This is great. This isn't. This isn't at all what yeah. I thought it was going to be." It wasn't a hard sell for me. It was like it's a musical and it's about mental illness. Like I am in. <laughs> How, were you a musical theater kid? I definitely. I well, I I wanted to be a musical theater kid. Like I I can sing okay, but I'm not great. Like I'm 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 a I would say pleasant a pleasant singer. I can I can keep a a what I can keep on key and. 
I, I don't have a huge range, but like I, I did theater in high school, like a, a very, very hardcore theater kid. And I was like Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. Like I had all these big wow. parts. And then when we would do the musical, then I would be like pirate number three or the butler in Sound of Music that ends up being a Nazi that has like four lines. <laughs> like, so I would go from like these highs in the non musicals mm-hmm. to like real, real lows. Because you were a serious uh, actor. I remember, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying picturing you as Willie Loman. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's always amazing when you have like a 17 year old kid wearing old age makeup yeah. and trying to like pretend he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I remember after doing that play, like my theater teacher was like, you know, Ben, I think you could make it if you try. Like, he tried to have this inspirational, you know, speech. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I would be in L.A. trying out for the Helpful Honda Guy commercials and <laughs> and learning that I shouldn't be I shouldn't be an actor so much that maybe I should be a writer instead uh, was my journey. I don't know if you... I mean, you seem to have focused a lot more on writing as well right is that am i yeah, right or yeah. am i wrong I mean, or you... I, no you're you're very right and it is mostly uh just through failing after like a a, a decade <laughs> plus of being like a actor in giant air quotes um which like it was like it was just it was such an identity crisis because i like went to college for it and it was just like oh this is the only thing i can do and I had that little, like I had, you know, that little moment of doing some commercials and stuff when I was in my twenties, and like that's such a kind of intoxicating thing, especially for your if you're like a broke narcissist like I was, and um, and it just <laughs> like convinces you that like, oh, the, I'm wanted here. I am one of the chosen few, and I will be making it. And then it doesn't quite translate into like TV and film success but anyway uh, yeah i i just sort of like yeah i'm sure similar to you but you're like involved in like the sort of uc i mean you were very involved in the ucb world i was sort of peripherally but that did lead to me writing some of my own stuff and feeling like oh i think i actually may be more suited to this part of it well you did actually book some commercials so you shouldn't sell yourself too short i remember (laughs) that you were like in a car commercial on the beach that ran for a really long time wow you have a good memory (laughs) i thank you for i I set you up for that i really wanted to do that humble brag (laughs) i don't know why i remember that but i would always go out for the helpful honda guy and i i would always have to say that the honda was a top iihs safety pick and that's such a mouthful, and I could never, I could never say it. Whoa! Dave Holmes, somebody's connected to the, the audio. Chat. I have arrived. <laughs> Catch me up. Where are we? <laughs> uh, we're talking about how we gave up on our dreams of being commercial actors and decided uh. to focus on writing instead. Although I don't think that I, that, that you should be using the terms get the term give up because you could be the helpful Honda guy right now. And for years and years to come, absolutely, I would buy a Honda from this face. I, go, I went out for it. I went out for it so many times, and I, I, my problem is that I'm a big actor. Like I just too big. Like I'm not good for you know the small things. And whenever I would audition for commercials, sometimes I would get a call back, but most of the time, if I would come back, they would be like, "Can you tone it down? Can you be smaller? Can you be more real?" And this, I couldn't do it. <laughs> this makes me crazy, Ben. This is why I stopped going out for commercials. Because 
you the casting director always is like, we want a small performance. Um, you go out um, into your driveway, and uh, and there are two pandas uh, playing wiffle ball, and you go, hmm. We just want a small reaction, like, hmm. And then you do it, and you don't get it, and then you see the commercial with the two pandas playing wiffle ball in the guy's driveway, and the person's like, what? <laughs> like, it's huge. They don't, and, and it's the guy who's in 300 other commercials who the brand knows and the casting director knows. And you didn't hey, have a chance exactly, to be That's exactly, like, I, I tweeted this yesterday, but, like, I reached my breaking point when I... M- told my agent that I didn't want to audition anymore is I had a callback for I think it was like a credit card or something but the premise was that I was supposed to appear under a woman's yoga mat magically and I was Mm -hmm. a barista and I was giving her a cup of coffee and they kept saying like just be real natural (laughs) just be real just be real just real small and I just couldn't process it I was like I'm magically appearing under her yoga mat with (laughs) coffee like how am I supposed to be real about it? Yeah, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And uh, I feel like I I, ne- I. I never saw the commercial, so maybe I'm hoping that the person was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. Like making yeah. the craziest face. Uh, but I. Yeah. I feel like I felt. I fell in the zone of like. I think if you're going to be a commercial actor, you need to be very handsome, like Matt McConkey, no, or you have no, to no. be weird looking. Like you have to be really quirky, and I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. So I'm like all, a little both bit good of those looking. Things, and a, a li- you're a, like a quadruple a threat. Then come on. But maybe I could be a dad now. In uh, I don't know. I, I I could try to get back into it. But I think if you don't have to audition for commercials, then why would anybody do it? Especially now, it doesn't really pay that well anymore. I don't no. think. No, it's not worth it. You used to be able to like you know a national could make your year. Yeah, our that mutual friend Irene was like the queen of commercials. Like she, oh Irene White, she would just book them, stop, just couldn't stop her. And then, yeah. you know. But then, then she got Superstore. <laughs> she fails. She did get Superstore. Yeah, she's good. She's good. Uh, ben. Ben. What I know else, Dave? We've probably so covered excited. it. We've probably covered it, but what are you, uh, what are you watching? What is your... Nightly binge, we, and if we did cover, we, it. we covered some of it. We covered then a little bit. Make something up. I was. I told Matt I was listening to tons of murder podcasts instead of music Great. about. You know, I was. I just when I work out, I listen to people being murdered. Um, I told Matt I liked Hacks and Dave mm-hmm. and uh, and Both the White approved. Lotus. We're we're all excited about the White Lotus because uh, Mike White is is an is a true You're artist. Getting um, yeah. Natasha um, Rothwell doing like a craniosacral therapy thing on Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> it's just like I've I've never been more invested in a, a duo than those two. Yeah, or a massage, frankly, even ones I've had. <laughs> that was an intense experience. Her character just really wanted a massage. I feel like. Jennifer Coolidge is just like her. She's so toned down in. Her, it's like she's such a low energy character in in this, but she's still so funny. Like she's just like at ten percent Coolidge, but still just yeah. turning it out. She she got she got that note from one of those cast those commercial casting directors to <laughs> Can you give her a small real? performance. She dialed it back. Uh, I will say those two uh, college women uh, really bring my fear of young people to the surface. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's anxiety rising. Yeah, very interesting characters. Yeah, yeah, terrified of youngs. 
Big time. They speak a language I do not speak. Never thought it would happen to me. And yet here we are. <laughs> it's so hard getting old. And like, oh. you know, I, I'm at least in the stage where like, I know TikTok. I could use TikTok. I understand it. Like, I've looked at it. But like, am I going to TikTok? Like, no, I'm not TikToking. But That's, yeah, I don't think it's for it's, me. Uh, that branding work. I could see Ben Simon succeeding on a, on the TikTok platform, though. I might be able to. I did Vine, and I did kind of okay on Vine, but like I think that I have the same fears about TikTok, and that a lot of my Vine comments would be like old, <laughs> <laughs> like people just just write old, and that's all that they write because you know that most of the people are seventeen or something that are doing it. The good thing about TikTok is like it seems like you could still go on and like get a million followers pretty fast, whereas like you know because it's still kind of their algorithms are weird and it's still growing. Whereas like, I feel like I joined Twitter a little bit too late where like I've spent like maybe 15 years getting my, my numbers to like 15,000 or something. So I get like one, one person a year, you know, 1000 a year or something like that. It's, it's pretty hard. Dave, how do you feel about TikTok? I am on Twitter too much. I need to unfollow 99% of the people that I follow because it's it's just nothing it's just nothing but bad feeling mm. you know um, there are a handful of funny people there are a handful of informative people and then and then there's just everybody else and it's these are desperate enough times without me uh, you know doom scrolling it's the only um, I do like Instagram I can keep that to just pleasant images and nice stories uh, I finally got over myself and went on TikTok. I will not post anything, but I am just sort of, I'm trying to teach the algorithm what it is that I like. Yeah. And, and I don't really know what I like yet. Um, so I don't know. It's a process. So, some people are just on Twitter to read news and they don't post mm-hmm. themselves and you're just right. on TikTok trying to find out what you like. Yeah. And uh, it it is like, I thought after Joe Biden became president that like the doom scrolling would go down quite a lot, but no. yeah, I was surprised at how much I still doom scroll and still get really upset about stuff. Yeah, so maybe I need to kind of do the same thing. There's plenty of doom. There's plenty of doom in the world. TikTok, I will say, is the first like social media platform that everyone I know talks to in terms of having to train the algorithm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like you, it's like people are really getting into the programming aspect of it. And how yeah, it only being given the algorithm. what they already know they want. So far, like dumb recipes and kitchen hacks. And uh, and things of that nature are oh, yeah. what I people, say yes to. People making quesadillas on a granite countertop and then just yes. making people really disgusting. Upset. Ben, when you when when you go on Instagram, hit your search function, and all of your algorithm suggested things pop up. What's the like? common theme? Well, I I mean I think for most gay men, I don't mean to just make like assumptions but it's just like mostly shirtless men and i don't feel like i follow that many shirtless men i feel like i maybe follow like four or five (laughs) like but but that algorithm is just like you gotta follow more you're not following enough shirtless men like it knows it knows who you are (laughs) i'm the same way and and i'm the same way like i don't follow a ton of like thirst follows handful of broadway guys but that's it but yeah, yeah. The, um, it just it get really pushes it. <laughs> Nothing but shirtless boys. I get a lot of them too, it's and I strange. I try to follow none and nobody who's going to make me feel be- go down that dark rabbit hole. But they get to me. But mine is actually 
more than that, Jennifer Aniston, of course, but then a lot of Britney, a lot of Whitney Houston clips, always some vintage really? Whitney Houston clips, um, which is interesting. Um, and, and just like older actresses, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, the algorithm that is most interesting to me right now is Spotify's algorithm. And I'll tell you why. They give you they give you your Discover Weekly, which is sometimes good and sometimes not so good. But there are also these daily mixes that they give you. It's like daily mixes one through five. I've really never gone past two, but I'm I'm fascinated by daily mix one for me is always REM the replacements the hold steady. Daily mix two is Robin Carly Rae Jepsen, um, you know, uh, Muna, um, Kim Petras. Madonna. It's like, okay, so Daily Mix 1 is who I tell myself I am. <laughs> but Spotify knows that Daily Mix 2 is who I <laughs> really am. But that it, but it, yeah. that it needs to be buried just a little bit for me to engage with it. Yeah, I was telling Matt that I don't listen to new music that much, that I'm really out of touch with music because I listen to podcasts more instead. Mm-hmm. So when I do listen to Spotify and like my husband and I are going on car trips, like I kind of regress to the female singers of the 90s where I'm like listening to you know Michelle Branch wow. Vanessa Carlton Nelly can't Furtado go can't go wrong Britney Spears like that golden era but, but yeah it's just like <laughs> I need to listen to stuff that's you know past the 90s like I yeah. need to listen to I don't to know that you things. do you're right I can listen to whatever I want <laughs> Ben Simon why won't you free Britney Oh my goodness. I hope that they do. I mean, we have some breaking news that she gets to choose her own lawyer at the very least, right? That happened today. Is that, Was that she today? gets to have her, Yeah, she gets to have her own lawyer. Um <laughs> seems like something that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um it's isn't it just I mean, when that documentary came out, like I when she was having her meltdown, like I was just very sad because I'm such a big Britney fan. I I was just very sympathetic for her, so I never took any glee in like being oh she's you know having a meltdown. Isn't this funny? But it really just was a big slap in the face for all of us living through that time where you were like, this is what we did to these mm-hmm. girls like Lindsay Lohan and like these people that just seem like they're never gonna be able to come back. You know, Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan's gonna be in a Christmas made-for-TV movie, and we're hoping that that's going to be her thing where she can slowly start to, you know, get back into our hearts again. Like, it's it's just so dark that we just destroyed these women with our, you know, media consumption. Yeah, yeah. and it really didn't seem... I mean, it seemed tacky and cruel back then, but it was also just like, eh, that's the way the world works. But now, just kind of a short time later... The world doesn't work as much that way anymore, or at least we can like recognize that things were much worse, and and people were able to do that kind of thing and never have to answer for it. Um, it's it's at, it's at least refreshing to look back on it now and say like, okay, you couldn't be that vicious to a person now, although maybe you could. As I say that, it's like, we'll find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Who are they going to try to get? Like, Olivia Rodrigo? Are we going to try to, like, you know, she went to the White House today and everyone was making fun of her for that. But it's just like, she's just trying to get people vaccinated. Like, I don't know. It's, it is so dark. Like, um, and 
I love Britney, so I hope, you know, I hope in a couple of months maybe she's making her own decisions. You know, I saw, it is just weird that I saw her in Las Vegas and she's doing these shows, you know, so many shows a week. And you're saying that someone that does all these shows and makes millions of dollars can't make their own choices. Like, that's just doesn't make insane. any sense. And right. also, why was Matt Gates at the fucking Free Britney rally in downtown LA today? I, I was in, in one of the... Oh, yeah, uh, Dave tweeted about that. Yeah, I sure did. Oh, you saw... I, 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 was, in, I was watching one of the, the, live, the Free, Free Britney live streams and everyone is just chatting, Free Britney, Free Britney, and, then, and they were focusing in on him and people were like, oh, this is so great. People from both sides of the aisle agree that we should Free Britney. And I was like, fuck Matt Gates. All caps. No. Screaming into the void. Yeah. He gave a speech. He gave a speech. He gave a proper speech. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. He said she's been manipulated by the media um, and by, you know, by her grifter father and we got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's so, he's so strange. Like he, especially because, you know, he may be going to jail for mm-hmm. doing things with an underage girl. So it's so weird that he picks something to champion that's so close to what he's going to get in trouble for you know you'd think if he was going to pick some other cause that we can because it, it's always upsetting to agree with matt gates on anything so i just get upset yeah. that he says something that i am like i do want britney to be free but like he he also i think like when katie hill was getting you know harassed for her pictures and stuff he supported her on mm. that and i just that oh. was another thing where i was like i hate agreeing with know. Matt Gates on anything. I, I just want to yeah. like... He's yeah, a fucking demon. I, I have a theory that he's sort of been sent to try to just get as many free Britney people as he can. But those are like, that, that, yeah. that might be a population that the right thinks is gullible enough to fall into their hands. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Mm-hmm. Me too. That's, that, is, that is my worry as well, is that he's there to divide the gays. Um, and I can't... We I, can't... We can't afford that nope, right now. Nope. Sorry. Nope. 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 We I just don't can't. know. Are you? Do you think there's any gays that are like, I like the cut of this Matt Gates' chin? <laughs> I think like, there I are think young people of all orientations and gender identities who are gullible, and 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 who like probably you know there are many who. I mean, certainly my first few years of coming out, my what I felt like job number one was, was like showing my parents that I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And like being like, being as starchy as I was raised, kind of. And I, that still fucking goes on 100%. So yeah, I think there are probably young, formless people who can be swayed. I, I, hope, I hope he's, I hope, that I'm just being cynical. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's it's pretty scary. I think it's we all scary. collectively hate him. He's a he's a real slime ball. Yeah, he's a real real fucking slime ball. Matt, what do you love about your body? Not much. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Do you, are you really waiting for an answer? Because we'll be here all yes. day. Just tell me about the, the show. Hey, men, women have been talking about their bodies for years. Why can't we? Why can't men? I personally um, think I have decent calves, but I wish I had better forearms. You're a total forearm queen if there ever was one. I bet you've got I gorgeous forearms, am. and I could talk I to you about them all day. Oh, my God, you're right. We should talk about men's bodies. 
Yes, we should. And there is a brand new show you all should check out called Manatomy, where men talk openly and frankly and hilariously about their own bodies. Danny Wallace, uh, he is the author of the book Yes Man, which is much better than the Jim Carrey film that it was turned into. Also, a magazine veteran named Phil Hilton welcomes stand-ups, athletes, writers, big men, small men, exercising men, men who are sedentary and eat uh, processed cheese. It's awkward. It's intimate. It's funny. It's weird. It is unlike anything else. It's not a health guide. It's not self-improvement. It is a judgment-free zone. It is Manatomy. That's right. And new episodes of Manatomy are available every week on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You have a lovely body, Matt. Thank you. Matt, StockX. StockX. Oh, it's the, the only, only live, live marketplace. marketplace for what's now. For what is now and next. Jeez. We have such a, I think the thing is we both have such a strong personal connection to StockX that yeah, it just becomes just difficult. Tripping over each other and ourselves to get the information out there. I actually do have a personal connection to StockX, which is that uh, I have uh, several clothing items from there that Michael what? Grassi bought for me. And I only, I don't say that to brag, it's just a fact. And Michael Grassi is a, is a fashion snob, frankly. Oh, I've seen the guy. Oh yeah, extremely so well dressed. Any any nice thing I ever wear is a from Michael Grassi. B, it's probably from StockX uh, because StockX, whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, or trading cards, everything on there is brand new and one hundred percent verified authentic. That's right. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard to find or sold out products and get them at their true market value. You discover products that are on trend, ahead of the trends. Michael Grassi approved by shopping on StockX. Yep, just download that app or sign up online. To start buying and selling in just a few easy clicks. So do it. Start shopping at StockX.com. I want to take a hard turn now into um, yes. a much brighter topic, which is your marriage. You have a husband. Oh, man. We're in the second half of the show now. We're, <laughs> we're rounding the corner. Wow, he's really listened to the show we, before. Yeah, we happens. just listened to some great ads to, to, break, <laughs> to break things up from some great sponsors. Uh, yes, I am married. Um and uh, let's see, how did, like, what's the story of that? How did we meet? All yeah, that stuff. Mean? It's a little, it's going to initially sound a little scandalous, but it's, it's not quite that exciting. But he was an improv student of mine when I was teaching at UCB. Oh, get it. And, get it, Simon. <laughs> and, but, but, the, the exception is that we went on our first date several, maybe a couple of months after the class ended, so... He, he was in my class, and I thought he was cute and, and funny, um, but I, I did try to, when I was a teacher, mentally be like, I'm not going to try to pursue my students or like hit on my students as an improv teacher, because I think that can be a little problematic. Sure, sure. Uh, You know, there's a lot of power structures there and people that want to get on improv teams and things, and I, I don't think I would have been the one to help them get anywhere, so I feel sad for anybody that would have tried to... To you sleep know, their way to uh, the top through maybe, you? Yeah, to sleep their way to the top with me. But he, um, I posted, like, you know, uh, you know when we were all doing those silly improv shows that nobody would come to, and 
I, I think I posted I was doing an improv show at the Del Close room at the old IO West, and it was like, you know, some 9 p.m. Sunday show or something like that. I was like, hey, people come. And nobody ever comes because nobody wants to go to those yeah. shows. No. But, you know, even not, the people not, in them. Even the people in them don't want to be there. But he came, and he was the only, like, there weren't that many people there that actually came, and he came to the show. And I was almost confrontational with him about it because I was like, "What are you doing here? Like, why are you, why are you here? Like," and he was like, "You posted that you wanted people to come to the show, and so I was just doing what I asked him to do." But uh, but that was because he was interested in me, and so I think he asked me out uh, uh, shortly after that, um, and then uh, and then a beautiful romance was oh. born. Uh, I love it. After he watched the bad improv show, I guess I did okay because he still asked me out. But yeah. you know those those old IO shows, Dave. And <laughs> do I ever? Um, I'm almost at a point where I miss them. Not quite, but yeah, I'm almost. No... I'm almost there. The idea of there's me so... leaving my house after 9 p.m. on a Wednesday is preposterous. Yeah. But you know, but in a way, I. Miss I... Them. I am surprised at how I used to do shows at like midnight or 10 and like now the idea of doing that is just impossible to me and I I think the latest I would willingly do a show is like 8.30 maybe like and that's I think that that's as late as I can go and so after uh, yeah. your but, uh, first date did it was did you sort of hit the road running or was it a was it a smooth transition into romance I think it took a, a little while I I, if, I, I I didn't know like he's 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 a really nice guy guy like he's very sweet and very nice and very kind um and i i don't think i like was it was just yeah it wasn't from zero to a hundred right away i think it, it was a little slow beginning and then there was just that point where i was like i really like this guy i i think uh i think i love this person and um he does stand up um he is a comedian but i think it's good because we're not exactly the same kind of comedian which i think is healthy like uh i because i I well, I don't know if this is scandalous, but like like Brian Safi and I dated for a couple of years, you know, a former also a former Earwolf member and like we you know, we were both trying to do the same thing and I think that that can give you a little weird, you know, when you're trying to like give each other feedback and try to support each other, but you're still like a little bit competitive, you know, and probably healthier people that are better than me don't have problems with stuff like that but i think it's easier when you know you're kind of doing different things like you know ben does music and stuff so it's like it's not you know you don't get competitive about what articles you're writing for for magazines mm-hmm. and things like that you're able to just be like we do different things but we are still both creative so we can still kind of help each other but it doesn't seem like there's the same kind of competition mm-hmm. um I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, big yes. Time. <laughs> How though do two comedy people survive the last year and a half? What What were your? How did you scratch the I, itch? I know. I mean, isn't it? I'm so excited to like listen to your podcast more because you know we've had this year of where you you guys always start with chit chat about what you guys did and like just like all the podcasts I listened to, people were like, "Well, I didn't really do anything." Like I. <laughs> started drinking at four o'clock and you know all that stuff and now people have stuff to talk about um so yeah i what did we do he did a lot of zoom comedy shows a lot of zoom stand-up shows which i think if if you're a stand-up comedian it must have been kind of well terrible and and good at the same time because you don't have to go anywhere you know you don't have to 
buy a, a, a two drinks mm. and then an entree or something to perform. And um, and what did I do? I did some Zoom shows too. I was writing for cartoon shows during the pandemic, so a lot of Zoom writers rooms um, for very low stakes cartoon shows. Uh, what else? We went on some trips. We went to Jackson Hole because I have uh, an uncle that lives there. It's beautiful. And we stayed there for about two weeks, just like hiking and then writing about me, writing about trolls during the day. And then, you know, uh, seeing the beautiful Jackson Hole. Have you ever been there before? Never have. Oh, it's beautiful. You guys got to go. You got to go. And what, what what was the proposal and the the marriage process? We, uh, he, he, he's done some of the comedy festivals like Edinburgh and, uh, Adelaide is an Australian, uh, comedy festival. And he was there doing a one man show and I was always going to come towards the end and, and hang out with him in Australia, um, not be there for the whole month, but I was coming for like two weeks. And then he just kind of said like, well, what if we got married in Australia? Uh, he did. Oh, he proposed. We went to a hotel, uh, a very fancy hotel, Terrania, and he had scheduled a couple's massage. And it was kind of funny because that was the thing that I was like, something weird is going on here because he doesn't like massages. <laughs> and so I was like, something's weird. Something's weird that he's, <laughs> he's doing a massage. Uh, and it, it ended up being uh, right. He he made like uh, he proposed uh, at this fancy hotel. And I, again, I could tell something was going to happen because he, he never wants to get a couple's mustache. Uh, and then we got married in Australia. We just eloped. We, we, uh, it was just the two of us and then a photographer and, uh, the officiator and maybe one other girl that I don't know what, <laughs> what purpose she served, but, yeah. but we did it. We did it it's on the beach. Out. Okay. We did that thing where you're walking, holding Aww. hands on the beach and one of you's leading and one of you's behind and. My husband tells jokes about this, but it was kind of funny because we got married on Hamilton Island, which is kind of like off the coast of Australia. And it's kind of like an upscale kind of uh, not a private island, but there's not a bunch of different kinds of things on there. And we were the first gay marriage to be on Hamilton Island because Australia hadn't had gay marriage for that long. Um, And so everyone on the island was so excited they were just like, it's the gays, they're coming, like, maybe we can, you know, make this a huge gay marriage destination, and my husband and I are by no means, like, the most, you know, we're not, like, supermodel gays that are getting married, like, the Instagram couples that I try to not follow anymore, but um, they were very excited, and we got in a magazine, uh, because they were so excited about us, but the photographer would ask those questions, and she hadn't shot that many gay weddings before so again my husband kind of would say like she was asking these questions i feel like trying to find out who is the top and who's the bottom (laughs) like to be like so she would ask these weird riddles of like if one of you was ordering dinner like who would order first and like that person should be in the back or the front like so so she was very nice but it was very it was very funny because it was like oh they're just not used to this they're not used to gay weddings like they don't know how to handle it oh Um, god (laughs) <laughs> Gayness is just straightness with two books. Yes. Were your families disappointed that they didn't get to be part of it? I'm sure that they were. I think they expressed a little mild disappointment. I, I think, you know, you have to be happy if someone's gotten married. But I I think, to me, I was just, you know, there's like that Netflix show that's like, I don't know what it's called, but like basically like buy a house or, oh, yeah. or get married or whatever. 
And to me, I as much as I love going to friends' weddings, like the idea of planning a big wedding and having a big wedding just seemed like to me, maybe I'm dead inside, but I was like, it's such a waste of, of money. It's just so much money for something that, you know, maybe we could... <laughs> I wish I could say we bought a house because we didn't have a wedding, but but we're not riddled in debt because we uh, didn't have a big that's wedding. What so that's what matters, right? Yeah. But for those of you who have had big weddings, then I'm glad that you did. You got to do what's important to you, and that's what that Netflix show I can't think of is all about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's been able to get back to stand up a little bit. Yes, yeah, you can kind of go to clubs now. A lot of them yeah. are kind of outside and stuff, but, you know, you're, things are opening up again. Okay. Um, but your brand of comedy, um, where does one even practice it anymore? All of the venues seem to have closed down even before COVID. Well, and now, yeah, it's hard. Who knows? You... you fu- What's going to survive? You've been doing Friday 40, right? Like, so that yeah. was exciting to be able to do that and not have it be on Zoom because it's different, right? Like, what honestly, I for the, for the Friday 40 is like a sketch comedy game show that I do, and and it was a lot of fun doing it on Zoom actually uh, for two reasons. <laughs> One, I didn't have, have to go wait. anywhere, I didn't have to go anywhere, so I guess really four or five reasons. One, I didn't have to go anywhere. Two, um, if I did a bit and it was met with silence. I didn't know about it because it's all you know, silence. It was going to be met with silence. I can't hear them. Um, three, we were not bound by geography. So we could ask anyone we wanted to be a contestant or to be a musical guest or whatever, which was really nice. Um, so that was good. But like, I am eager to go back. It's just that UCB and IO West and all of the legendary LA improv theaters are, are no gone more. now. Nerd Melt, yeah. gone. I, I might I might be wrong. I've, I've heard that I think that UCB might be opening again at some point, but it is okay. just like ev- so many of them closed. IO gone, yeah. Like, uh, you know, it, it. Where do you perform? It seems like a lot of people are doing stuff at Largo or these weird, you know, weird places that I've never heard of. But I'm glad yeah. that it's slowly happening. I I see a lot of posts online that are like, "Hey, our team Jib Jab is back, but we're performing in the back of an alley." Like, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So we'll get there. We'll get there. We need theater sure. again, right? Of course. Of course. I miss improv. Wow. Do you miss improv? I do, I do miss improv. I, I I was, before UCB closed down, I was doing like an all gay team. And we just did one show a month, like on Sunday at 7. And I mm-hmm. was like, I love this. This is like my retirement improv. You know, <laughs> like Sunday at seven. I am an old retired improviser. Uh, that actually and I sounds it. like an improv um, show I'd come out to watch so at seven p.m. You know, you can still get to bed at a reasonable time. You can see a bunch of gay people. Just a bunch of gays, and we our our thing was that we would just give each other these really complicated female names like <laughs> Melissa Beth or Delanor. Oh, just basically I taking two women's names and putting them together. Just a bunch of angry women <laughs> characters. Love it. That show is still going on. It's just in the parking garage of the uh, the Travel Lodge on uh, on Vine. It's a hot venue right now. At the dumpsters behind the uh, the uh, nerd melt or whatever. We get, we'll, we'll find our venues. They might be outside, yeah. but we'll find them. We're going to find it. It's going to happen again. It's just going to be slow and sure. And then they're going to be different. There's going to be different theaters that, you know, that we are going to rise to glory. 
and God raise willing. a whole new a whole new generation of talent. God willing. Ben, um, before we let you go, quick question: Do you want kids, and do you plan to have them? Yeah. Gosh, that's that's a hard question. <laughs> I I feel like I definitely. Well, you guys talk about this all the time. All your guests always ask you the question. You've had to answer the question so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I won't ask you guys because you've already answered a hundred times. I I think I've sadly kind of maybe resigned to maybe not having kids. Um, I thought that I definitely did for a while, but my husband doesn't want to have kids. And when the, I just, the, he's very nice, but he's not great with kids. The way that he interacts with our nephew, I'm just like, oh, this is no. a good idea. <laughs> so... How does he interact with him? He's just, he just, you know how some adults can like relate to kids and get down on their level and be like, here's a thing that I can tell that you like. And like, I'm going to connect with you in a way like he just, you know, he has a lot of skills, but that's just (laughs) one of the skills that he has. Like, he's just like, you know, people that don't like dogs or cats and they try to pet them to be nice. Like, that's kind of like the way that he talks to a kid. It's just like trying she's trying but it's just not there you just can't connect with kids but everyone says it's very, it is like very different when it is your own <laughs> it is different we have we have two cats i never thought i'd be a cat person but we decided to get two cats and i am surprised about how much i love the cats and that has kind of fostered that or brought up that nurturing aspect of me again where i'm like well maybe i do want kids because i kind of love these cats to a unhealthy degree that of course now my instagram is nothing but cats uh, and, and like maybe one picture of me every hundred pictures. That is a good follow. But just like, it's a good follow. Gotta, if you want to see a bunch of pictures of my cats, then follow me on Instagram. At? Uh, oh, well, our cat's Instagram is at, at Fancy and Firefly. They have yeah, a separate I didn't know one. Their own. The cats have an Instagram. Perfect. I mean, we need to get those deals, right? We need to That's get right. some sponsors. Somebody Absolutely. in this family got to book a commercial. For the love of God. <laughs> um, ben, you're the best. This was a long time coming. It's a very nice uh, excuse to Thank see you. Thank you so much. I'm glad I got to see Dave and where it, I was telling Matt I needed to know where your facial hair was and your, you know, your, your haircut. And mm-hmm. maybe hopefully I'll see you at the Whole Foods uh, bar sometime again. Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. Or that, there's Absolutely. that wine bar. What's that wine bar that you and Irene just love? Oh, there's Mirabelle. Just it's like Mirabelle. just right up at the corner. I've got to yeah. check out this wine bar. Yeah. There's a bar at the Whole Foods in Burbank, and occasionally we go there, and it always makes me a little sad. So we've actually had to <laughs> dial that back a little bit because there's probably a step after drinking in a grocery store, and I don't want to know what that step <laughs> looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when it's you're grim. shopping there, you always do go, huh. I wonder if what it's like to just sit down and have a drink there like it's a bar but i guess that answers that it's not bad it's not bad do it once do it once do it once yeah, the, yeah. when we, the bartender we went, knows your name stop <laughs> that's not good yeah we were there last week and the bartender i guess they're trying to get to like whole foods doesn't want to foster a full bar that much like they want to get to simpler drinks and so but the bartender was so excited to make cocktails he was like i'm gonna make you my signature cocktails oh, yeah. and he talked to us way too much but he was really nice mm-hmm. i think i know exactly who you mean <laughs> uh ben thank you Thank you so much. I was so excited to finally be on the show. I love it. I've listened for years. Yay. And now these listeners at home, maybe you're going to be on Homophilia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, dream bigger, everybody. Listeners really win. 
if it can happen to a cartoon writer, then it can happen to you. Best cartoon writer in the biz. Thank you, Ben.